Need an understanding financial advisor for your business, but need help finding someone fit? Our guest for today's episode, Tammy Trenta, noticed the lack of entrepreneur-focused financial planners long ago. That's why, stepping onto what would be a 27-plus-year-long financial career, she made business owners her niche client base. Now, as the founder and CEO of Family Financial, she empowers business owners to keep more of what they earn by helping them smartly spend on taxes and adopt continual wealth generation practices. Ready to take that leap of faith and finally chase those dreams of yours? I'm Dori Stewart, and this is the Teacher Turned Entrepreneur Podcast. Around here, we like to talk about our collective and sometimes crazy experiences as entrepreneurs, teachers, and women who do it all. After spending 11 years in the classroom, I left to start a business that I grew into a multi-million dollar brand. If you're ready to build the life you've been dreaming of, stay tuned as we dig deep into what it takes to turn teachers into true entrepreneurs. I am excited for you to meet my guest today. She is the founder and CEO of Family Financial, where she empowers business owners to keep more of what they earn, preserving and growing their wealth. Tammy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Dory. Let's start off by sharing with the listeners your background and how that led you to entrepreneurship. I wasn't born to be an entrepreneur. At least I didn't think so at the time. And you know, I, I grew up in the 70s and 80s. So I think a lot of people were working for other people, which is very different now where so many people are, it, at least it seems like so many people are self-employed now than they were back then. Um, my father was an entrepreneur. He owned a real estate franchise. He was a broker and my mother was a school teacher. So I grew up, um, you know, in a middle-class family and went to college and was on that path to get your first job, work for someone else. And, and so that was what I was on the path to do. In my second year of college, I found out that my parents were getting a divorce and later found out that my college money was gone because they were using it for lawyers. And so I found myself unable to pay my tuition and across the country um, without any money. <laughs> oh my and gosh. I, I got a job waitressing. I got in-state tuition and sort of figured it out from there. But that was the first moment where I felt very vulnerable and um, not empowered at all because of a lack of knowledge, lack of life experience and everything. And so when my parents later filed bankruptcy and there was no anything, um, you know, which is, I just think different than how I grew up. Cause I felt taken care of for a long time. And then I wasn't, um, but it really forced me to figure out things for myself. And so um, one of the first jobs that I uh, started to do was at a, a brokerage firm, and it was Dean Witter, and that was a really long time ago because they don't exist any longer. But um, I really liked working with you know some of the younger financial advisors, and the market was so dynamic, and that all really appealed to me. But what appealed to me the most was learning about money. And how I thought, I mean, that was really, for me, a defining moment because I thought, well, I, I can learn this stuff by myself 
for myself, to help myself. And, you know, the benefit is now that I, I get to help other people. And so that really solidified my career path and have spent the last 27 years just moving in that direction. I love your story so much. And it is interesting how now there are degrees in entrepreneurship. And back then, I know I went to college in the early 90s. There wasn't such thing. <laughs> I did take entrepreneurship class, which I found fascinating. Um, but that was after I had graduated. I went back and got an MBA in finance um, because I didn't have a finance undergrad major. And then I obtained my CFP, which is a certified financial planning designation and spent the majority of my career working for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so talk to me about what your business looks like now. So my business involves a lot of different components. And a lot of people may think of a financial advisor as someone who just manages your money. And for the most part, I think in our industry, that is the primary thing that financial advisors do. Those advisors that are certified financial planners incorporate a planning component where you'll sit down with the client, look at you know, their assets and liabilities and income expenses and do projections for them to see if they're going to make their retirement goal. And that's all great. Um, but where I really found a niche for myself was working with business owners. And the reason I enjoy working with business owners is because, number one, there's so much creativity involved in, in helping business owners. Um, there's just so much more that you can do to add value versus someone who works for someone else and just gets W-2 salary wages. And so, you know, I kind of latched on to that niche and really started to develop it. And as I developed it, I realized that none of the firms that I was working with understood the needs of a business owner. And I always hit roadblocks or I felt frustrated. And, you know, so the clients that I work with, we kind of get each other. I they have a business. We we understand the needs of business owners. And from a tax and legal and financial perspective, that is really what I hone in on. Um, so we don't just do money management. We don't just do the personal financial planning. The business is the means to the end. I mean, that is what allows people to have a lifestyle to create a better life for their families. And so, you know, I have the ability to look at both of those things in a holistic manner and figure out how to optimize strategies so that business owners can keep more of what they earn. Um, there's obviously accounting, tax, legal implications for all, for all of that. And I like to just bring it all together and make sure that we can dot the I's and cross the T's and that nothing really goes on looked at. Um, and I think it's important to mention that because if you don't look at it holistically, you're going to miss things. You will. Everybody does. And everyone who comes to me where I see what they're doing on the business side, on the accounting side, they're not all integrated and you really need to be integrated. So sort of like integrative medicine, but in finance. <laughs> 
That's a good analogy. So I feel like all business owners need to be working with an advisor like you. I mean, it's it's so valuable to make the right decisions in your business. They do. Um, you know, and it doesn't certainly doesn't have to be me, but I think that that skill set is really what differentiates us with, you know, 90% of the other firms out there. Um, you know, I think the first thing that business owners should look for is someone who's a true fiduciary. That's a big one. Um, so for those of your listeners that don't know what a fiduciary is, it's an advisor that has a legal obligation to put your interests above their own. And so really what that means is there can't be a conflict of interest. So I can't be driven by how much I'm getting paid on a certain product or service that can't factor into the advice I deliver. And if it does, then I'm not a fiduciary. I'm a broker. Most, most advisors will tell you they're a fiduciary and they may not be. So the only way to check is to go on a website called Broker Check and look them up and see if it says B. And that's how you know. And if it says B and IA, it's, they're still a broker. It just, they can only say IA. <laughs> so anyway, that's probably the first thing that you'd want to find. Um, the second is someone who is a certified financial planner and someone who's very comfortable in working with business owners and can come up with strategy. And then the last thing is someone who's holistic, who, I mean, I can tell you I've worked for two other firms that offer tax um, preparation and um, estate planning, but they weren't working together. It wasn't integrated. It was still silent. No, it was the same company. And I just felt like it was such a missed opportunity. So I, I think in order to be successful with that model, you have to figure out a way to collaborate and have it all work together. And so that's what I've created. Such great information you're putting out there. And I will check out that website. I didn't know that that was that, that there was a place where you could go to find out if someone is truly a fiduciary. Interesting. Yes. Yes. Okay. So do you have tips for business owners that are listening who to keep more of their money, maybe tax saving tips? Yes. And the tax saving tips are, you know, depending on your audience is, is going to be different, you know, depending on someone is in their stage of their business. I think the first, the first area, there's the people who are starting out right? And the easiest way to start out is just to be a sole proprietor and have that income flow through to your personal return. You don't need to have a separate entity for it. You can just have a DBA, which is a doing business as. And I think that's a good place to get your feet wet. Um, what often happens is when you're in that world of sole proprietor, you, because it's on your personal return, a lot of um, business owners will take very big liberties in the tax deductions on their income. Uh, you know, I can tell you that that is, can be problematic and I will explain why. First, if let's say you're making a hundred thousand and you are taking a tax deduction of 90, 
and you're putting in some travel, you're putting in um, maybe things that are kind of a gray area with what whether they're personal or business. The problem is, is that you're low hanging fruit to the personal auditors. So you have people who are auditing personally and schedule C is low hanging fruit. So um, when you're taking those many, that many tax deductions and you're showing such little income, what they're going to do is they're going to go prepare. Um, they're going to compare your business to other businesses and look at what the profit margin should be. And they're going to come back and ask you to justify. And if you can't, they're going to disallow those deductions and you're going to have interest and penalties. So I, you, you know, I guess the first thing is, you know, we've heard with the Inflation Reduction Act that they're hiring 80,000 new IRS agents. And that's a little alarming. Uh, but if commingling the personal and business is probably one of the things that as you grow as a company, you really need to start moving away from because there's other ways to to keep more of what you earn. So if if you have two or three hundred thousand dollars coming in, I think it's at a point where you could justify having your own corporation. And there's new tax rules that make it beneficial to incorporate versus having Schedule C. And so one of those things is um, there's something called the Qualified Business Income Deduction. Um, we call it the QBID. And basically what it is, is it's a 20% reduction on, you know, let's say you're left with $100,000 after you, all of your deductions, you have net profit of 100. Um, it will basically shave off $20,000 of your profit that you don't have to be taxed on. And now you're only taxed on 80. But there's a two-pronged test to that. One, the test needs to be at least 50 no more than 50% of your wages. So you have to pay yourself wages. And two, it would be 20% of your profit. So there's a way to optimize that deduction. And the problem is, this is the problem. The tax preparer, you know, there are 1.4 million tax preparers in the country. Oftentimes they're looking at this after the year is over. Thing that needs to be done before the end of the year. And your tax preparer is looking backwards. They're not looking forward. So the number one thing is you've got to look at this stuff before the end of the year, decide what you're going to pay yourself and how to optimize the QBI deduction. Um, so most people don't even know to take advantage of that. So that's one easy one. Um, but as I mentioned, the, the challenge is that the accountants right now have no time to be doing any type of planning. And unless you wanna to go to one of the big firms and you're a gigantic company, you know, the business owners get overlooked. So, you know, we created a tax planning firm. So for our clients, we do year-end tax projections. Um, uh, you know, even for those who aren't self-employed, just so they have an idea of what they're going to owe. And what strategies can we put in place before the end of the year so that we don't have that April 15th filing deadline? Oh, you owe $300,000. I do? Where am I going to come up with that money? I down, But that is exactly what's happened this year is the end of the year, 
the last minute people are surprised at what they owe. And I don't like surprises like that. I know my clients don't. So we try to plan ahead. That's such great advice. Don't wait until it's April 15th to start <laughs> looking at your taxes plan way ahead. Uh, that's really great advice. I love that. So do you have advice for people who are thinking about quitting their job and starting a business? Yes. Um, <laughs> so I'll share with you a story about my past, but um, after becoming an entrepreneur, I realized that I was probably had that mindset my whole life. I just, that wasn't the path that I thought I could take. And um, maybe 15 years ago, I decided to start a handbag line. So I'm in finance. I understand money. Pretty good at that. Fashion. Who doesn't like fashion? It's fun. Creative. And I have a business mind that probably puts me ahead of most of the people in the fashion space. And I can do this. And I put together a pro forma and a business plan. And, and I did all of that. And of course, I did it during the Great Recession. So um, and my product was a premium product. But the life experience that I gained was phenomenal. So do I regret the experience? No, because it helps me now to be even better at my job because I've been in those shoes. Um, but what would I have done differently? I mean, I think the retail business is tough and it was a business that I knew nothing about. And I made a lot of mistakes only because I didn't have that experience. And so, you know, I am self-employed now. I'm an entrepreneur, but I made that launch after years and years and years of experience looking at what worked, what didn't work. And so if your goal is to be as successful as possible, right, because 80% of all entrepreneurs don't make it past the first year and, you know, 90% don't make it past five years, why is that? number the case? How do we increase our probabilities? And it, there's, I, I think that there's a lot to be said by learning and cutting your teeth on someone else's dime. Learn. Um, you know, every business is different, but if I would have done that, I probably wouldn't have started the handbag line. At least I you know, I wouldn't have invested my own capital. And I mean, like I said, it was a good experience, but then it, it there's something that clicked in my mind. And, and I think it was the moment where everybody's asking me when my new stuff is coming out, when my new stuff is coming out. I still have old stuff I haven't sold and I can't keep up because the fashion business is such a fickle industry. Also, I'm a small fish in a big, a big pond. So when Bloomingdale's decides not to pay me for six months, what am I supposed to do? Um, I am just a, you know, I'm at the mercy of these larger retailers. And so eventually I pulled my retail business and did direct to customer, which is what Nike's trying to do right now um, to get better margins. But it's there's what you love and there's what's going to make you money. And I think people need to be thoughtful about that before they embark. 
you know, unless they have an endless money supply, <laughs> which not everybody does. <laughs> It's great advice, though, like learning from other people, you know, finding mentors who have done what you want to do before you and learning from their mistakes as much as possible. Yes, you bring up something interesting. And like, I never had a mentor. Um, I wish I did. But it's really hard in our industry to find female mentors. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, to be honest with you, many of the women in our industry, at least from my experience, were tougher and harder to work with than some of the men. Um, I think that's changed. And hopefully it I, I see it changing where women are more supportive of each other. But that wasn't my experience in a male-dominated industry. Like you had to be tough. You had to be a survivor. You had to have thick skin. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself mentoring young women coming up through the ranks? Yes. And it's something I really love to do. Um, So I have an employee, her name is Haley. And I just, I think she's great. Like I want to teach her everything that I know. And I mean, from my perspective, I realize how lucky she is because if I only had somebody like that when I was in her shoes, but I, I really like to nurture those relationships and support support women and help them be the, you know, best version of their professional selves. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you're giving back in that way. That's awesome. So if the listeners want to connect with you or work with you, where's the best way to find you? So uh, I am on LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty easy to find there. Um, If you have a business and you're looking for help, um, familyfinancial.biz, B-I-Z, is my business website. And you can go to contact us and we'll ask you some questions and um, you know you can schedule a, an intro call. Awesome. Tammy, congratulations on all your success. And thank you for joining me on the podcast today and sharing all those great tips with us. Thanks, Dory. Thank you so much for listening to the Teacher Turned Entrepreneur podcast. I hope you've gained some new and interesting insights on what it takes to go from teacher to entrepreneur. I've created something special for you. If you head on over to teacherturnedentrepreneur.com, you can download my free resource, The Teacher's Guide to Finding Your Perfect Business Idea Without Going Back to College. Learn how you can use your knowledge and experience to create a profitable side hustle or business to help you get out of the classroom and into the financial freedom you've been looking for.